You're here because you want to hear some psychic shit go down, don't you? (laughs) You little weirdo. I'm Lydia, and I'll do my very, very best to deliver. If you're a Kiwi like me, you might know your Kevin Crookshanks or Sue Nicholson's from Sensing Murder, or maybe your Tyler Henry's if you're more international. Someday I might be like them, but someday I might not. Today I'm about 75% there though, and each day keeps tracking up, whether I like it or not. (laughs) I'm here to share with you my most unexplainable psychic experiences that I just haven't been able to rationalise yet. So buckle up, boys and girls, and in the spirit of Pitbull and Kesha, shit's about to go down. Where do I even begin talking about the first time I saw a spirit? I remember vividly being 10 years old at year six in my school and finally telling the first person about it and I'd known at that point that I'd kept it to myself for two years. I think uh, at that stage I just couldn't really keep it to myself any longer. I think I was just so terrified of nighttime and of being by myself at nighttime that I kind of needed to start giving my family some answers as to why I had to have the lights on when I slept at night or why I'd cry for an hour or two before I was so exhausted I'd somehow end up falling asleep. After that experience, my mum came around and said, oh yeah, well, I, I remember when you were two or three years old, we were driving back over the bridge and you used some word that wouldn't be in a toddler's vocabulary and I asked you, Lydia, where did you hear that word from? And I said, oh, you know, all oh, the voices in the park. <laughs> and my mum was just like, mm, okay, voices in the park. And I think from then on she had a side eye on me for my entire childhood. But it's interesting because, yeah, my first experience, there was no sound at all, no voices at all. That didn't actually come until things developed a lot more in my 20s. And it's it's quite normal for me now, so it's just funny to think back and, and think that there was a time right before I was kind of consciously making any memories where obviously I heard some things and then it all just kind of shut off until things progressed a little bit further for me in the psychic realm. (laughs) Okay, between you and me, before we go any further, can we just pretend that I didn't just say the two words psychic realm? Because it makes me want to cringe so bad. Like my my knuckles are white. I'm just so uncomfortable with saying that. That's not how I really talk. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. You will see. Okay. Alrighty. Where were we? So, if you can't tell, if you can't tell, I'm procrastinating talking about it. I think, I think this first experience of mine um, is probably the most difficult because it was the most terrifying for me. I think just because it was just so new and nothing I'd 
ever experienced before. And I didn't really feel like I had anyone that I could talk to afterwards about it. So I'll set the scene. My bedroom was at one end of the house and the doorway of my bedroom overlooked our sort of lounge, dining area, just the place that was my mum's. Um, It wasn't really for kids to play in or anything like that. And then on the other side of that was our, our kitchen and family room area. And that's where my two sisters and my mum were while this was happening. They were watching TV ER specifically, and I know this because I was always jealous that they'd all get to stay up and watch ER, and I'd have to be the boring one that would go to sleep at a good time, um, being the youngest and all that. (laughs) So the door to that lounge area, and on the other side, the right side of the house, the door to the hallway, they those doors were both closed so my family were on the complete other side of the house okay if you're as confused as I am right now with how I'm describing the floor plan of my childhood home I'm slightly embarrassed that even I'm confused by it (laughs) I'll be putting a floor plan up on social media so my Instagram at Psychic Ish Podcast, and I'm not a natural artist, so please bear with. Um, but hopefully, it'll be a little bit less confusing than how I'm making it sound right now. So, something that intrigues me now is that this all happened while my family was awake. I don't know why, but I just always sort of assumed with those few years afterwards that stuff would only happen once everyone was asleep and I was the only one awake in the household. It's just interesting that I seem to completely forget that everyone was awake, even me. So I guess now's a good time to add as well that that area, that lounge space that my mum would sort of have dinner parties in and that kind of thing, that space I always felt uncomfortable in. I don't know if it was because it was an adult space where I knew I couldn't really be in there or make a mess or that kind of thing. But I think for me it actually goes deeper than that. I I always felt like I was being watched in that room. And trying to pick that apart, I sort of wondered if... I was sort of thinking just before I got on the microphone about whether it had anything to do with going to a primary school that was quite religious because I know that, you know, you're getting drilled into you every day that God sees you or sees everything you do. But I don't remember thinking that it was something like a higher power watching me. I I felt like it was eyes, like human eyes, something, someone, anyway. Getting back on track, everyone was watching ER. I would sleep with my door open um, because, surprise, surprise, I was afraid of the dark. And the hall light was on. So 
my doorway looked straight into the lounge, but sort of to the right of that was the hallway that led off to the other bedrooms of the house. That light was on, so I could just see straight into the darkness of that lounge. And I don't know if this is relevant or not, but going into the lounge, there was this archway and and there was also a stained glass window. So I think I used to always just be a little on edge that I'd see a shadow on the other side of the stained glass window. And because it was, because the glass, you know, has that texture in it, you can't really see right through. I don't know. You get the vibe. I was just always on edge. <laughs> I was an anxious child. Who wasn't? <laughs> anyway, I vividly remember, I can't, I must have fallen asleep. I must have. Because all I remember is waking up and lifting my head. Now my bed, uh, I had a single bed and it, the feet were facing straight towards the doorway. I know that, I know now that that's awful feng shui and I don't do that in any, any other bedroom <laughs> that I've ever had. Um, but I guess it was how it was set up for me. It wasn't my choice, was it? Anyway, I wake up and I can't remember if I saw what was in my doorway first or if I sensed that I was being watched first, but I looked towards the doorway and there was a woman standing there. She was in grayscale, so she didn't have any color. Um, she was a little bit translucent, only a little bit, and she was dressed in a wedding gown, head to toe. So little me <laughs> wakes up, looks to her doorway, and there's this woman standing there. And I don't remember being afraid in that moment. I don't think I was uncomfortable in that moment. It was more afterwards, just the fear of it happening again that seemed to scare me. But I'm looking at this woman. She's looking at me. And she starts to walk into my room. Now she walks very slowly. Uh, she walks past the end of my bed my room was really small, so um, there wasn't much. There wasn't much space she had to cover. But I'd say she probably she probably made about six steps and was standing right beside where my head was on my pillow. And she leaned over me, kissed me on the forehead, stood back up, walked back to the to the doorway and turned around to face me again and she didn't go away she stood there and waited for me to fall asleep again it's ironic now that um That this, this being that came through, 
could obviously sense that I was uh, I was uncomfortable falling asleep and came through to, to show me that I wasn't alone and show me that I was protected. But that led to only further fear of sleep for me. Quite intense fear, actually. I, it, um, it actually turned into a little bit of, of insomnia. But it's just ironic. I mean, if you think about if you think if you think about it from the other perspective, like from the spirit's perspective, how would you show a child that you were there to comfort them without scaring them? How could you do that without scaring them? Not too sure. I don't know what I'd do. How would a spirit show up and not be scary to a child? Luckily, my other grandparents that had passed away past this point had heard about this and so uh, came to me in, in, in much subtler ways. It was lovely. Oh, oh no. Oh no, I just spoiled it. I just spoiled it. Made a spoiler. Anyway, if, if, if you didn't hear that, I'm glad. But if you did, you're a smart cookie. Uh, long story short, that next week I'd been at my papa's house his little apartment and I was with my dad and my sisters and we were just walking around the apartment and he had this beautiful beautiful view of Rangitoto and along one wall he had family photographs and uh, I must have glanced at this table with the photographs on it and one just just caught my eye and instantly I had that recognition it was like a light bulb went off uh, right at the back the back row of these photographs was a black and white photo of my grandmother who had passed away before I was born and she was in her wedding dress and in that instant I knew it was her um I know what you're probably thinking. You're probably thinking, well, how didn't you know it was her already? I'd only been shown photos of her from before she passed away. So when she was about in her 60s. So I never saw her as a young woman. And when I was at that apartment, I mean, it was a nice apartment. So I don't know. I was always on edge. I didn't want to break anything or anything like that. So I'd kind of just keep to myself. Honestly, no, that's a lie. <laughs> Whenever I went to my papa's apartment, I'd just go to his kitchen and rage, rage, <laughs> and raid his marshmallow, his marshmallow Tupperware thing. <laughs> I loved going to my papa's because I knew he'd always have marshmallows, um, not marshmallows, what are they called? Mellow puffs. He'd always have mellow puffs. Mm, it's, a, it's a little bit hard to think think back on this time actually because there was definitely just a, a disconnect in the communication that was trying to be put forward by that grandmother who'd passed away before I was born and unfortunately when I know now that what she was doing was just out of complete love and protection um, unfortunately 
I just felt a little bit terrorized as as a kid. Uh, I f- I felt like I was being haunted, and that's no joke because it wasn't the last time I saw her. So. <laughs> I really wanted to keep this one short and sweet. The first time I recorded this episode, it was completely raw and I cried about six or seven times and I had a bit of a surprise actually. I didn't realise that going back and and talking about times that were rough for me that I thought I'd worked through just now because I have greater understanding of, of why XYZ happened when it did and that sort of thing. It, it still got me and I think going through it in, in such detail got me good. Um, so who knows, maybe one day I'll be brave enough to share the tears. I mean, the funny thing is you can't really tell if I'm laughing or crying. There's, the sound is the same. So who knows, maybe I could have released that anyway and people would have just thought I was laughing the whole way through. <laughs> Oh gosh, you'd all think I was even more psycho than I am. (laughs) Okay, my beautiful, beautiful listener, that's all we have time for today, I'm afraid. You've been listening to Psychic-ish Podcast. Thank you for being here with me. I feel like we got through it together. (laughs) Head to my Instagram at Psychic-ish Podcast to offer your theories or your explanation for what happened that night. I'll have a little question box up on Thursdays after each episode, but if you miss out on that, just feel free to slide right on into those DMs. And don't be afraid. You can tell me if you think it's all a crock of shit, but each episode I'll be sharing more and more, so I feel like you might be a little bit apprehensive now, but then, you know, strengthen numbers, and in my case, strengthen the number of experiences I've had whether I like it or not but for now good luck getting to sleep tonight and lucky for you I've released more than one episode for this very first release date so if you're brave that one's coming up next <laughs>